This week's episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. They have a special offer for Writing Excuses fans. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse and have a look. And now, our show. This is Writing Excuses, Season 3, Episode 20, The Difference Between Character-Driven and Plot-Driven Stories. Fifteen minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And... I'm Larry. We have a special guest star, Larry Correa. Um, Larry, tell us about your book um, and who you are. Uh... I am a author for Bayon Books. My first novel, Monster Hunter International, came out this year. Uh, it's doing really well. And, Enjoyable uh, book. I've read it. Well, yeah, thanks. I know Howard's, Howard's partially through Three it. Three quarters of the way through it. Very anxious to get back to it, but I don't get to do that tonight. Um, and we'll be talking with Larry some more later about areas of his expertise, but uh, we want to do a podcast on a lot of people talk about this. Character-driven stories or plot-driven stories. It's a, it's a big hullabaloo that people like to discuss in English lit programs. What is the difference? Dan, you went through an English lit program. What's the difference between a character-driven story and a plot-driven story? You think they discussed that in English lit programs? They did not mine. Oh, well, I, not in mine, apparently. Uh, the difference for me is uh, what the focus is. What is driving the story forward? Um, you know, are the characters doing what they're doing because of who they are or because of what they're involved with? Okay. You know, because of what's happening to them. Okay. So I guess it's, is it man versus self, man versus man, man versus, it kind of comes down to that. Um, I think I should add a caveat here. Um, a lot of times when people say character-driven versus plot-driven, they're actually talking about literary fiction versus popular fiction. That's not how we're talking about it, but a lot of people do that. They'll say, hmm. you write plot driven fiction. Plot-driven mm -hmm. fiction to them is anything with a plot. I, I think that defining them that way hurts the conversation because then it becomes a discussion of genre rather, right. than, rather than a discussion of actual writing. When I think of character-driven versus plot-driven stuff, I think in terms of process as a writer, you know, how am I, how am I forcing the story to unfold and am I forcing it or is it, is it a little more organic? But it's possible that people who are criticizing stories for having plot are looking at what is drawing the reader into the story. Is it the characters that are drawing the reader in, or is it the plot? I want to know how this ends versus I want to know what happens to Sally. Right. I think that's a, a great way of encapsulating it. It's very easy to break down to what, what Dan said, genre discussions, because you can look at thrillers and say, okay, the thrillers are going to be plot-driven fiction. But I think that does a disservice to the discussion because I think you can drive every plot, every story, both with plot and with character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Larry, do you consider your stories plot-driven or character-driven, or both, or you know, is there a weight toward one or the other? I think I've started out um, plot-driven, okay. and my first novel is probably more plot-driven, and I've done both now, though. Okay. Some more coming that I would say more character-driven. Um, Luckily for me, I never took any English classes, though, so I'm, <laughs> I was an accounting major. Um, yeah, I'd say my first novel definitely was, a, it started as an idea, which turned into a plot, and it really was primarily a kind of a plot novel. Though as I went along as a writer, it became more of a character thing, but I would categorize it. Well, as somebody who's reading it, I definitely want to know what happens next. Uh, I'm, I'm not to the end yet. I, I want to know how things get resolved, but there are characters that I am interested in, and I want to know... You know, yeah. how oh, yeah. turn you, out. You definitely, you definitely have to have both aspects. I don't think it's an A or B. It's not a mutually exclusive kind of thing here. 
Yeah, um, though a lot of people want to make it an exclusive sort of thing. Um, and I, I do think looking at it, we have to, we have to really dig out and say, what, um, what is the main reason people are going to keep turning pages in your book? I think it's important for a reader to consider these things. And I don't think it's, it's less what's going to happen to John or Sally. I think it's plot character driven is who are Sally and John going to be at yeah. the end of the story. Yeah. That's I, a better I think, way to say uh, it. Um, my book actually is a pretty good example yeah. of this because you can look at uh, Serial Killer and it is very character driven. Right. Um, the, you, it has a plot in it, mm -hmm. but it would be a very different book if that plot took over. You know, if right. the plot was in the forefront and it, it would become a thriller, it would move a little further away from where it is now. Right. And I think people who complain, oh, I have troubles doing, trouble with endings. I don't know what to do with my endings. I think maybe they are focusing on trying to make a plot-driven story when they naturally want to write something character-driven. Um, but that's not to say that you can be lazy about it. You can't yeah. sit down and say, oh, I've got a character-driven story, so I'm just going to spend time with the characters. You've got to remember you have to create tension in the reader. And with a character-driven story, you're creating that tension by saying, who are they going to be? Is this person going to turn out to be good or bad? Which choices is he going to make? Will he decide to go with the, um, the, the girl that I know he should, or will he choose the, um, the woman that I know will be bad for him? These sorts of things are character-driven conflicts, mm -hmm. and there has to be conflict. You were going to say something, Larry? Um, I was just going to say that I think um, the two kind of are interchangeable in, a, in one respect that your characters you have where you want them to go. And as your characters grow and become more realistic, more, um, more vital people, um, the plot will evolve based on the characters, okay. the characters' actions. Okay. You know, I think in a lot of ways you can look at this question by looking at the climaxes of the story. Uh -huh. And uh, I, I've been looking at narrative arcs recently and kind of studying it, and I was looking at The Matrix and... You know, I'm, I don't. I won't necessarily say that that is character or plot driven, but the climax that comes is very much a character climax at the end of that movie because it is hinges very strongly around what Neo decides and what Neo believes. Okay. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, a, a different story, that climax would be a plot climax. It would be a confluence of events rather than a, uh, a character decision or a character change. Um, I think that one of the reasons I like to write epic fantasy, um, just armchairing it here, is because it gives me the page length to do a lot of both. And you don't always have that luxury. Um, and uh, there are a lot of stories I've written that I have to really choose to focus on one or the other. All right, I think this would be a good point to break for an advertisement. We're trying something new this week. Uh, we've picked up Audible.com as an advertiser. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to use Audible and go with them is they have an interesting program where we can pick, as podcasters, a book that we want to promo every week. Rather than them giving us a book and saying, hey, um, do an advertisement for this, we can pick one that we've actually read, that we actually like, and can talk about it and then send you people to maybe download it and listen to it. Um, and Audible also has an, a, a special program with our podcast where if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse, we'll link that in the liner notes. They have a thing where you can sign up and get a 14-day free trial and get a free book. Um, so if you were thinking of joining Audible, you can do it through our links this way and um, support the podcast, and you can also get a free book. And the book we want to talk about this week is uh, Stephen King's On Writing. 
Um, if you are an aspiring writer and you haven't read this book, um, I would highly recommend it. Dan and I have both read it. It's excellent. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, it's a mix between Stephen King kind of talking about his process and his life, but getting into some nuts and bolts of writing and also just talking about the experience of writing. And the cool thing is the um, audiobook is read by Stephen King himself. Um, and so you don't often get that, the author reading it, and he's also a very good public speaker. And so this is, is a fantastic book and um, highly recommended by the Writing Excuses team uh, to help you be a better writer. Indeed. Um, that's audible.com, and we uh, appreciate Audible sponsoring our podcast. All right, let's get back into it and dig into process on this. Um, once again, the podcast theme, we always want to try and tell you guys how to do it. Now, if you are a writer and you want to be deciding how to balance plot-driven versus character-driven stories in your book, how do you approach it? Howard. I draw arcs for the plot and for the characters. Okay. I look at, uh, and, I, and I will actually draw the narrative curve on a piece of paper and, you know, write little landmarks on it. Uh, you know, I want this character to have a discovery moment you know, sort of an internal discovery. I want them to have some sort of an external triumph. And then I will map these various character arcs onto what I see as the overall plot arc and see if it fits. And okay. sometimes halfway through the story, as I'm writing these things, I will make a discovery about the character and I will realize, you know what, this character's internal discovery is different than I thought it was. That's going to change what their external moment needs to be and that's going to change the overall okay. plot and I will go back and I'll reshape those curves. But when it hits on all of those, when I get to my climaxes and I realize that you know, the characters are having their external moments and their internal, internal moments and the plot is unfolding perfectly, that's just thrilling. Cool. All right. Larry, how do you approach this? How do you balance it? Well, personally, um, how I do it is I have uh, a lot of really weird friends that make great characters. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I usually start with an idea, and uh, that idea turns into a plot. And what I do is I, as I create the plot is I think, who are going to be really interesting people to go through and fulfill this plot? Who are people going to be able to really hate or really root for or, or just love and be interested um, so I try to come up with characters that people can relate to. I try to give them traits and mannerisms and things that uh, make them into real people. And the more you care about the characters, the more you care about the plot. So I find that the two are really kind of intertwined that way. Okay. Um, Dan, we've talked about how you are focusing on character. How do you that keep that correct. balance? Um, how do you keep it from turning just into a thriller? How do you keep the focus on the character? Um, a, a, I, I have a process similar to, to what Howard was talking about. I don't draw the arcs, but uh, it, the, the end result is kind of the same thing. And it's kind of what I was talking about before with climaxes. I look at, you know, you take all those various arcs that you've drawn and your plots and your subplots, and you look at the resolutions of each one. This is what I do. You know, and is the resolution of this going to be about the plot? Or is, this, is it going to be external? Is it going to be internal? Is it going to be a character? Um... And then that will help me know, you know, what I need to be driving toward. And in my mind, the way I keep the focus on character, because that was very important for the John Cleaver books, is everything that happens has to be seen through him. It has to be filtered right. through him, through that lens of his perception and how it affects him. And so, you know, there's a plot going on, but 
we only see the parts that really change him and okay. that really affect him. Well, and we've talked about that before. Is that you know sometimes when you're writing you know the middle of the book and you're stuck. Uh, because the middle is boring, it's because you're not looking at the character who's experiencing the most pain yeah. or experiencing the most change. And I do, I do that a lot. If I'm looking at things and realizing, wow, this this strip, it's funny, but it's it's boring. It's not moving the story forward. What am I doing wrong? Oh, wrong perspective character. Mm. I need to switch somebody else. And I need to do something mean to them. Um, and I need to push them along their story as well as moving the overall story forward. Yeah. And that's something I'm sure that Dan could probably agree with me on this. If you write in the first person, that makes it kind of an especial challenge because everything is going through that same character. So if you get to that boring spot, you got to be really careful on how you're going to kind of wade through that. Yeah, that's its own set of problems with this. Mm -hmm. um, with me, I, I do it a lot, a lot like Howard did, um, though I'm, I'm building my plots and I'm looking at them and I'm saying, what's going to cause the major revolution in this plot? Um, is it's usually one of three things. Either it's a discovery, it's a decision, or it's an action. Meaning somebody achieves something, they learn something, or they decide to kick their personality, who they are, and go in a different yeah. direction. And the decisions are going to be character moments. And for me to build the tension, therefore, I build a plot framework that drives you to say, to wonder, where is this character going to go? What's going to happen with them? And so that becomes a character-driven sub-story for me. Um, whereas a discovery story is generally, it's, that's actually plot-driven, because what's going to happen? What are we going to learn? And actions, again, are going to be plot-driven as well. Are they going to achieve this great contest or not? And a lot of times, what happens for me is I find that I use a decision to launch a new plot arc for a discovery or an action. Um, and that's that yeah. part of the intertwining that you talked about. Yep. I think that uh, Larry made a very good point when he was talking about how strong characters will make people more interested in the plot. At the same time, they're more interested in the characters. And it's important to note, like we said in the beginning, that this is not an either-or question. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to choose plot or character and then just stick with that because you need to have both be strong. And strong characters tend to be the way to make that work because when people are invested in those characters, that's when you're going to be triggering all their emotions. Right. You know, well, a love plot will work if the characters love, if the reader loves your character. Yeah, Brandon and I had a conversation a couple of months back in which... Uh, I was concerned that a particular character couldn't carry a story. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't think that this character could carry a story. And I've given that principle a lot of thought since then. And I think that it's, uh, it's a useful technique for any writer is to look at a character and ask yourself, how much story can that person carry? Why or why not? If they can't carry the story, what's missing? What is it about them that isn't interesting enough? And then reach into their life and make them interesting. All right, I think that's a great note to, to end on. Um, Larry, we want you to give us a writing prompt. Just off the top of your head, I'm putting wow. you on the spot. This wow. is what happens. So, writing prompt for our, our listeners. Come up with a plot-driven story and try to make it good with boring characters. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Ignore all the advice them, we've just given you. We just made them run laps oh. for no reason. Man, that's awesome. No, someone's already done that. He's he, called, his name's Dan Brown. Oh! Oh! Burn! <laughs> snap! All you right, can, you can get Dan Brown's stuff on uh, Audible.com. Yes, you can. Yeah. Um, 
This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.